folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You're on with Real Redneck Tom Millard. And of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom Bill. Are you there? I'm here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It's a beautiful night for a podcast. Getting a little cooler. And did you notice I did that in one breath? You did. And I, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's. It's you and you talk fast and you got it all geared up tonight and ready to go. You got a full <laughs> yeah. house. That's because I warmed them up I'm before all, we went on air. I'm yeah. all geared up. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Blood pressure's a little bit kicking. I can hear the thumping on in the, it's through the microphone there. I'm not sure if that's you or your dad with the high blood pressure right now. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Jaws coming for him. Yeah, I can't. <sighs> yeah. So, and as always, sitting beside me, Getting my blood pressure up, as usual, is Patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, real redneck, Don Millard. Dad, is your mic hot? It certainly is hot, and so is my caffeine-free chamomile tea in my Redneck Country podcast, Mr. Never Ready. Good Lord. Mr. Never Ready. Is my chamomile. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I waited. <laughs> I'm sitting here in, in, in the sunroom, got my blanket, my tea. And, and okay, uh, I'm gonna wait, gonna wait. And I'm and telling you, it's not me. I get the text, K Todd. I'm ready when you are. All right, right, let's go, Dad. Bill's ready. And as I say that and walk out the room, Jen says, "Will you take your gun and bag and that from because we went to the gun club and take it downstairs so it's not in the vet?" Yeah, I'll take it on my way down to the studio. I pick it up. I pick it up and turn around, and he's moving pillows on the couch, and I'm thinking. What's he doing? He's looking like, you know how when a cat is going to lay down and it's got to do that little puddings thing and get something ready? He's nesting. He's, yeah, he's nesting nesting on the cat. And all of a sudden, sure enough, he spins around and whoomp. Yep, I've been here before. I saw him in the closet and he didn't have anything in his hand yet. And I thought, why bother till he heads down? Bill said he's ready. Are you coming? Now I got to wait 20 minutes for him to go. No, No, he doesn't. And get up off the couch. Uh, No, he doesn't. I am spry as a fiddle, and I got spry down here and sat down fiddle. and waited for 10, 15 minutes for him to fire everything up and no, call you guys. No, no, yep. because then we had to go, yeah, can't hear guys, anybody. My ears aren't working. You're, uh, Never mind. Get on with the introductions. You're missing somebody here, too. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we haven't got the there background. yet, because Dad's being rude. So we also have... I don't know if I want to introduce this, because I'm not sure how this is going to go. This could go and even out... The scales here, and you can you can come with me on this journey, or I'm going to be outnumbered. We're going to have we're, it's going to be one heck of a firecracker of a podcast. But without further ado, joining us once again is the real redneck Jay Tom. It is it is Bill's brother, which I figure is going to that that just automatically puts you on my side. Jay, are you is your mic hot? Are you there? I'm here, and I've been listening, and I've been really enjoying the the, the banter going back and forth. Yeah, nobody enjoys that banter, but <laughs> no, it is necessary. <laughs> three sensible guys uh, are sitting here with the never ready guy. It's finally evened out. Finally yeah. evened yeah, out. We'll see how much uh, conversation we can still have with uh, the. Uh, we never haven't ready got Motormouth J on the line now. Holy jeez. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Todd. I, I, I came on and I've got uh, maybe a little shot I'm going to take across the belt. Each one of you is today if I have an opportunity. I've got, been listening to the podcast you know, for the last couple of weeks and, and I've been really chuckling to myself about some of the things you guys are talking about between you always being ready. And I, if I recall correctly, at, at the one goose hunt I came to, 
I was standing careful, at the door Jay. ready to go. Careful where you go. Let him down. talk. Let him talk. And I'm pretty sure that the alarm didn't go off and you came down <laughs> running in a panic. But on so that, time. That really made me chuckle. <laughs> but but I, I got something for Isius, so. Well, and, and that's well, fine to say, but I ask you, was my trigger lock off my gun when we were in the field ready to start shooting uh, geese? This is why I'm ready for it. If, I, if I'm coming to take it, I'm coming to send. <laughs> so, so, I, I was just clarifying because I thought uh, my gun was ready. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that, uh, that problem has been remedied uh, last Christmas past because the keys for trigger locks aren't the best thing for us uh, Tom folk because we have combinations on our trigger locks now and, and that, that's all. But uh, the worst part is if I can ever remember my trigger lock combination, I'd have more guns to shoot probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to do that with my black powder muzzle loader because twice I went to the stand and left the key trigger lock on the gun and the keys were back in the truck. I don't know. I think at some point at, at your age, there's a time to go back to keys because forgetting the keys or losing the keys is not as prevalent as forgetting the combination to the lock. Yeah. Are, are you telling me that one, two, three, four is not a good combination? Yeah, yeah. Works for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> good answer good answer so we've got what why do we have jay on on the line bill did you want to go there yeah absolutely we can go there i mean last last podcast we uh we ended off with a long-winded story about uh todd's deer and i think that took up most of the most of the podcast so <laughs> oh we had we had to take even monday which is day one on to podcast number two, which gave me an opportunity to put some thought together as to the, my my time and but it, one day really wasn't my day, so I thought I would uh, extend the invite to, to Jay and see if he was be willing to come on and talk a little bit about his Monday, which was a whole lot more exciting than mine. So that's why we got uh, my brother on the podcast today. Rock and, and roll. The simple simple fact that he's he's here to throw a few shots across the bow your way. All good with that too. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty certain that he's he's locked and loaded on you as well. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'm sure there's something there that I've forgotten. Oh, and no that's, doubt. That's no why doubt. I'm excited because we're going to get the real story of what happened mm. at the hunt camp now. Yes, it was a good time was had by all. <laughs> you're, you're right, though. A great time was had by all. Yeah. Right on. Okay, so last week we went through our Monday. So now let's head over to your camp. So ours was a controlled hunt, and it's antique rifle with muzzleloader only in our area. Now we're going to your area where you guys got high-powered rifles. And yep. it's still a controlled yeah, hunt, sure. though, for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you really want to call it the controlled hunt, but we we have to take, get a draw, a draw for our uh, area for the doe. But we the controlled hunt is different because you only can hunt um, for that week. Like I, I have access to a controlled hunt here, and I can only hunt bucks during that week uh, in in my wildlife management unit up north. We we put in for a doe tag, which is good for the entire season in that wildlife management unit but we can only hunt with rifle for two weeks. So this we take the first full week of November and uh, we're up there for the rifle hunt. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's where we're going to start. And Jay, uh, she kick us off with, with uh, a little bit about your trip up and some of the adventures and getting to the camp and, and that kind of, yeah. what happened it, to you? It started with a visit to the, to the apple orchard. Well, it, it absolutely did, because why wouldn't we go up with apples? I know you guys uh, 
I've talked about it and I, and I will give Bill a little credit. He did say it on a couple podcasts ago about, you know, the reasons we uh, use the big bin of apples is not just, you know, because we want to see the deer, but it keeps them in the area, even if they eat them all in one sitting, which we know has happened in the past. But, uh, you know, getting the juices and ground and what that's a natural mineral uh, block, so to speak, to, for us. But um, we have found a lot of success in it. But I uh, would say that we came up on, I guess, Saturday afternoon, I think it was. Um, we kind of hung out at the camp. I don't think we did much hunting. I think we took a couple shots on Saturday and just kind of came up with a game plan. Uh, and I know last week you talked about Sunday. Um, we did some bull hunting in the evening. And if I recall correctly, just about all of us saw deer that evening, which was was awesome. I had uh, two deer. I think, Bill, you had, what, five or six come out to you. I think PJ had at least one or two come out to him. So, you know, being that we were all hunting in so-called new areas, you know, it was a really You're good feeling way good. to kick off. You're feeling positive because you're seeing deer. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll say, I know Bill talked about his camera having 3,000 plus photos of uh, leaves blowing. <laughs> uh, I actually had some really cool photos this year. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, uh, I downloaded the disc on uh, when we came up Saturday or Sunday. And during one of the days between the Thanksgiving and, and the hunt, I had about an 11-minute photo session of three bucks fighting it out. No doubt. On camera. And uh, it was really, really neat. We had, uh, there was, I think there was a, a spiker. There was a, like a fork horn. And then we had one deer that I nicknamed ribs because he had half rack. He had a really nice four on one side and he was missing the other half of his rack. So how come none of these videos or pictures made it up on Redneck Country's Facebook page? Uh, I don't know how to get them from my camera to my phone to that type of thing. That technology. (laughs) They can do something. That that was a lot for me. Oh, serenity now. Okay, so so pause because... What I want to know is because Bill's already said, you know, he puts out a few apples here and a few apples there, but you put out a whole whack load. And so so how much is a whack load? When you say you're taking apples because I got the picture before you left. (laughs) And it was, do you dump all of those apples at your stand in one shot? Like Saturday, Uh, get out there and put them out? Not, not this year. So typically in when I hunt the usual area that we would hunt that unfortunately we weren't allowed to hunt this year, I would take a large full orchard bin of apples and between my spots and, you know, TJ's spot and, you know, maybe Bill would put two or three of them out, but between myself and TJ, yeah, we'd put the entire bin of apples out pretty much but at our, bins, our It's a trailer. It's like a four by six trailer it, full. It, 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 Oh, I, I'm I'm not sure, but it, I think it comes into what do we say about 10, 10 garbage full size garbage cans worth of apples. <laughs> if, if you want to, you know, put it into that perspective, like we're talking, it's a lot. So, but but I'm telling you, it works. It it clearly works. So so when I went up this year at Thanksgiving, we we did all of our our prep ahead of time. I didn't have the apples this year because I wasn't set on where I was going to hunt initially. So I put out some corn and. You know, of course, that got the birds coming in and whatnot. But when I came up for the hunt this year, yeah, we brought a half bin this year. And I put a large portion of those out on, I guess, Saturday afternoon um, just to just to get this moving, keep, keep things in the area. And sure enough, by Sunday, again, you know, like I said, we saw deer at, at our location. So it was, it was a really good 
way to start the week off and feel positive about what the potentials could be. And seeing all the deer on camera was, was of course exciting. You know, unlike Bill's spot where he saw just doe and he was a little bit, uh, not feeling great about it. I had a lot of deer with antlers and, uh, and I was pretty excited about my, my territory. I was on this year. So that was leading us into Monday, I guess. Right. Yeah, lots of, lots of activity. I mean, the, the, there was, there was definitely a potential there with half rack or, or ribs. We, we were looking to, to see that one on the pole this year. Cause it's, we got, we got a kind of a bunch of goofy genes in some of the deer up there. I don't know if it's too close to a mining community or what, but um, there's always either uh, the one, the no brow times on, on most of the bucks that we shoot, which is weird. That's the gene- uh, and, that's just the genetics, right? So you're saying the gene oh, pool, yeah, right? It's, it's, just, it's goofy genetics up there, and there's always been some some crazy racks that are, you know, and not not necessarily some some are massive. You saw when one of my brother shot a couple years ago; it was 150 plus. Uh, that's no no goofy genetics in that deer, that's for sure. But on camera there, when you see a, a deer with a half a rack, my curiosity says, is it broke or is that the way it grew? <laughs> you know, which what we knew no was in 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 the area for genes. So the deer are probably thinking the same thing when you guys hit the woods, right? Yeah, yeah. We got yeah, some goofy, goofy go- mom genes, right? We got some goofy genes yeah. up here. <laughs> so, so I would say that uh, listening to last week's pod, I know Todd, you and uh, Bill were discussing scent control and uh, and getting ready for going out and all the things that you know, Todd, you do at the last minute to get ready. And I know Bill puts his <laughs> bins away probably in June, get them all ready for the scent control. Heaven forbid. So. I got I'd something love, in the washing machine right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for I, next year. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. uh, I, I would like to tell you guys that uh, that I that made me laugh because when it comes to scent control, uh, a little bit of spray in a bottle is just good enough for me. That's all I, you do. Uh, but you're shooting high-powered rifle, and how far are you reaching? Well, I would... I will um, say that, yes, that is true, but that's for the entire season, Todd. That's not just the rifle season. That's the bow season. Bow season That's too. The rifle season. My my gear sits in the garage, uh, and it's you know kind of laid out in the garage, and I put it on, and I go to the stand, and I spray that uh, send away stuff, and I see deer constantly. So I I definitely uh, believe in all of the crazy tactics you guys go into with the scent control, but I will also say that yes, I have been winded, I've been busted by deer before but I don't think it's to the extent that everybody goes to with the scent free soaps and the, and all these things. I just, just a natural I'm just smell. Saying, maximize your, your possibilities. Sure. I, and and I, I would agree with that, but I'll tell you, if you put a whole bunch of apples in the bush, that it outweighs the, the smell that I've got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Jim. <laughs> yeah. so, and then, uh, then the other thing I, I know you guys talked uh, last week, uh, Don, your, your, you know, pack that you take with you and the, you know, 9 million things. It sounds like that you put in your pack. I had a good chuckle about that. My, uh, my pack can probably has more snacks than anything else. Um, but I, I don't really carry a big pack in the bush. I know Bill brings his, you know, heater body suit and, and all these things. And I'm wondering if he's going away for a month with all the stuff that you guys carry. <laughs> right? but, when I get lost, I need to be comfortable. I'm once yeah, no to start the fire and put my house up. My, my pack has uh, a couple of um, glow sticks so that if we happen to, you know, shoot a deer and need to follow a blood trail, I got these glow sticks that I can put Is down. Is that what you evening. do when you're following a blood trail? You drop glow sticks at the last spot you found blood? 
if we need to and it's oh getting God. dark, I have them available. Glow sticks are, are very visible. Pretty I know we've got our little blinker lights that Bill talked about for bikes and things, but you know, glow sticks are relatively inexpensive, so I keep those in my and pack. And you feel like Rambo when you're out there. It's they're, they're perfect. Um, I've got those. I've got usually an extra pair of gloves in case it rains. You know, I've always got my binos and range finder just in case, but my well, pack. You drop is, them at the bottom of your tree stand. Or I drop them at the bottom of the tree stand, absolutely. But uh, but my pack is pretty pretty lightweight. And, uh, you know, I know that Bill talks about his pee bottle. I don't even bring that with me. I, I don't need that. You know, I, I, I laugh about all the things that he puts in his pack and all these things, and I don't know what he, what he needs it all for. Most of it is. When you got to go, you got to go. I'm not, I'm, uh, it's, I don't want to hold it for a week. You know, I, I have to actually go. So that's what the pee bottle's for. You know, it's, a, it's no fun when you don't bring it, though. I can tell you yeah. from your perspective and talk, you have a hard time if you forget it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. My, my, my hardest uh, thing that I forgot this week was sunglasses on the Monday. That was the yeah. one thing I had the hard way. When we went out to the bush Monday morning, um, I learned that my stand looks directly into the sun, into the morning sun. So Monday morning for uh, the first two hours of the day, I s- felt like it was saluting because I had it up over my head for a two two hours because I couldn't see 10 feet in front of me with how bright the sun was. It was that, so that bright was that it was, really? I'm telling you, it was a learning curve. It come up over the trees and it was like a spotlight right in my eyes. And again, being in a new territory and not kind of in the bush or in the pines like I used to hunt, it was a whole new experience. So, yeah. so that was a bit of a learning curve and, for and me. And I mean, it, it was probably one of the first times that the sun's risen in the in the east, right? Yeah, yeah. Who would who would have thought that you know facing your stand to the east, uh, you know, in an open area would would present that kind of opportunity? So, so yeah, but I'm with you. So I'm with you. Monday started anyway, but uh, but getting into kind of the rest of the day. I know. I guess throughout the day we all were, you know, we we chat on our alliance chat and you know what's everybody seeing and it's uh, it's exciting to to see a new area. You know, you get nervous. I was nervous, you know, because I. I wasn't sure even with the camera photos, how things would turn out and if we'd get any success, but sure enough, you know, skip ahead to, to Monday evening, you know, it got to the point where, you know, it was that, uh, that, that good time of day. It was, as Don said, it was weird because it was five o'clock, but in my mind, I kept thinking it was only four o'clock because our cut our, uh, clocks hadn't gone back. And I had gone through all my photos from the, the previous couple of weeks prior to the hunt on my desk there and realized that, Usually around five o'clock, I was getting deer showing up. So I kind of was thinking, okay, this is the time, you know, the, the appointment set five o'clock. I'd like to see something. And honest to goodness, at five o two, I had uh, a really nice doe come walking out to me. And I'll be honest, I know Bill kind of said it, but we were a little bit more choosy than than I think other camps might be. <laughs> than we, we are. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say who, but uh, you know, we, we don't. Okay, necessarily... but I was thinking about this. Pause for one second, if I can. Sure. Tajent on you. So sure. uh, I, I, cause I thought about this long and hard and I thought about it while I was, I was so excited this year to go for the controlled hunt. Normally I'm excited for bow hunting and the controlled hunt is just like, okay, but this year I didn't, I didn't get to bow hunt. I haven't shot my bow a lot. And so if I did have an opportunity, I didn't really feel that comfy. So I didn't get out, but I would been busy. So I didn't get out anyway. Yada, yada, yada. Talking so, a little more of tea. 
<laughs> Thank you. So the for the controlled hunt, I was super pumped this year, and I thought, what is the difference? Why why am I so pumped? And I got I got thinking that bow hunting for me for the last bunch of years, it's work. It's it's starting to become more and more work. I gotta make sure my stands in the right spot, my scent stuff. I gotta make sure I wash my clothes beforehand. I get them in a scent free bin, and all this weighs on me, right? I gotta make sure I got the spray. I gotta make sure I got my shampoo, uh, my scent free shampoo, and my scent. <laughs> So got to make sure I charge my Ozonics battery. I got to make sure everything's ready to rock, right? My Ozonics is in my pack. And then I get in the stand. I got to get up in the tree and I got to get all that, my Ozonics on the tree and, and, and make sure everything's ready. My scent, do I got my Tink 69? Have I got my little scent bottles? I got all that jazz. It's become so much work. And then I'm in there and don't get me wrong. Like if, if you followed Redneck Country's Facebook page, I, I see a lot of deer. Like I usually see before the controlled hunt, I'll pass up 20 plus deer because I'm only going to shoot massive bucks with bow because we wait for the controlled hunt with dad, where if it's brown, it's down as long as it's not a fawn or a small deer. Right. So why am I so, and I got thinking that bow is, it's so much work for no uh, reward, I guess, because I'll have all kinds of deer come in and does and some people think, oh, that's cool. And it is. But when it happens every time and there's nothing you can shoot and you're doing all this work, you're now chasing a monster buck that becomes work. You're trying to get and it gets frustrating because you go forever trying to get that monster buck into you while you still have a tag before the black powder season comes. And then I go, OK, now it's black. Oh, this is so exciting. And I I figured it out. It's because there's no pressure. I know that at any point in time, a deer can show up at any point in time. A deer could just boom. There it is. Like literally you could be sitting there for three hours. So depressed going. There hasn't been a deer move. You look to your right. Bam. In 50 yards, there's a buck standing there staring at you. But the beauty is I know that if a deer shows up 90% of the time, I'm going to shoot it. Because if can, it's brown, it's down. Can I, I dodge it on you and ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Do you pass on deer during the bow season that you would take during the black powder season? Every deer. Every single deer. Because in the black powder season, if it's brown, it's down. So absolutely. So because in the bow, I'll, I'll film like six, six does under me at one time. Well, it, except fawns well, and does with fawns. We don't sure. we let them walk in the black powder. But if it's a good-sized doe or <clears throat> of a decent buck, it's down in the black powder because we're strictly out there to fill tags yeah. and fill the freezer. Right. Yeah. So I guess my question is, if you're passing on a deer during the, the bow season that you have no reservations about taking during the black powder season, why wouldn't you take it during the bow season when you're already there and ready for Perfect. it? Perfect. Because it's the same amount of meat in the freezer. Because it limits the days you can be out in the controlled hunt with your family and friends. Yeah. And, and that way, is the, I'm by myself while I'm bow fair. hunting. But in the controlled hunt, I'm with dad, I'm with my brother-in-law, I'm with Scotty and Bill and Bob and Michael, and it's the camaraderie and we're out there sharing it together. I don't and have that when I bow hunt, right? You can so still hunt. We can all still hunt for the six deer because we share sure. tags. Yeah. So you Where take those you, tags away, then- If you use your tag early, then we're going out there with less tags, less time together. And if we shoot one, then two- we've taken away an opportunity for them to even shoot one. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I was just curious to know what, uh, what yeah, the no, logic and Scotty said is. that, right? So we, we've bow hunted on the Sunday right before the black powder and Scotty messages me and he says, I got, I got an eight point 
in front of me. I'm like, is it a big eight? Uh, it's not, not a big, big eight, but it's, it's got a nice body and we're bow hunting. He says, do I take it? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Like we got, we got control hunt starting tomorrow. And he says to me, what's the difference if I shoot it today or I shoot Absolutely. it tomorrow? Yeah. It's the same thing. And in well, that case too, it'd be the exact same thing. And, and yeah, that's no, it, we, right? And that, so. That's kind of our, our thing when we bow hunt on the Sunday prior to the, the rifle hunt is, you know, at that point we're all still together anyway. And, and what's the difference between yeah, a day or two? Yeah, you're up there to hunt. So it, it's good to do it that way, right? But on the bow, mostly so, I'm by myself. You know, in comparison though, we... Yeah, for for the for the alliance and how we like to come, we like to come into the camp with a, with a tag too. I mean, we all bow hunt uh, on our own prior to the hunt happening, and um, you know, it. it I, I wouldn't pass up a doe. Uh, you know, if I'm with my my wife or son, I'm hunting down here. I have uh, their tag as, as opportunities to to hunt with them, and uh, but I do my best to make sure that I come into the, the hunt with a tag and so does Jay and so does my dad and so does DJ. Right. So that it's the same type of thing so that we have an opportunity as a group. And we, we, we all apply for a doe tag up North so that we all have that opportunity to hunt a doe together, as opposed to having that opportunity to hunt down here. And then maybe, you know, not having as many uh, deer hanging uh, mid midweek that we would have if we had more doe tags. So, I also like to say on our camp though, Bill, like obviously it's, I don't know if we've ever tagged out and that's by choice. No, we only got three. Did we not have four today? No, we had four. We shot four last year. Did we shoot four last year? Yeah. I shot two. You shot one. Dad shot one. Okay. I couldn't, I, for some reason I thought we only got three last year, but, um, but yeah, I would say typically it's, but that's rare, I guess it's rare, yeah, that we would ever tag out. And in most cases, it's not due to, you know, lack of options. It's more by choice. Yeah. You know, because we are, we don't typically hunt brown and down. You know, we're, we're not, you know, taking, I, I would say from my own perspective, in all honesty, I shoot antlers for the first two days in there uh, of the rifle. Monday, Tuesday, I'm, I'm looking antlers, you know, and, and I'm that doe that I, I was kind of talking about that came out to me Monday night. That was a large doe. No question. She probably was bigger than any of the deer we took throughout the week. But at that point, Monday, first day, I was willing to take the risk and let her go on the off chance that something else might come out or, or whatever the case may be. I get it. I get that. Right. Cause I do that in the bow. I'm, I'm, I want a monster, but I just thought that's why I enjoy. And that's why this year I was so looking forward to the black powder was because pressure's off and i know if i see a deer i'm gonna shoot it and i know yeah. i'm gonna see a deer so i know i'm gonna get to shoot a deer so it's like hey a deer, i'm anyways. actually gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's all pronouns bill if you it's a verb adverb pronoun shoot at a deer versus shoot a deer uh, whatever that little word is before that other word but yeah, so I just thought of that. I was thinking, why, why so much? But that's it. The, because I know if I see it, I get to shoot it. 
And that makes it so much fun. And new hunters. Do you think that you put all that stress on yourself, though? Like, I, well, again, I realize it now. Boom. Like, it's been gradual over the years, right? And, and 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 getting that into it with the scent control and getting that into it with where to place the stands and the hunting property and then getting that into it with the Ozonics. Like, that thing's a five $600 device, right? Like, you're in at that point. And now that you're in, now you better use it. And find that big buck and make sure you're in front of them. And, and it just becomes, it's a lot of work tra- chasing them, them monsters. Right. So that's, I guess, I guess the reason I'm asking this is, and kind of getting back to what I was saying earlier is like, I don't use any of that stuff and I see deer every year and there's, you know, whether it's a monsters, though, deer, monsters. Uh, not, I would say not monsters every year, but then again, if you go to all of the guys in the camp, I don't know if any of us really see monsters throughout the year at, at our camp. You know, maybe it's just our, our area. Cause they all need you that. Know, they all need to do their clothes in the scent wash and put them in a bin. Well, and- Bill does <laughs> all of that stuff. I'm going to say you <laughs> see monsters every year. But that's that's my like. I get that argument all the time too, right? Is Todd? Why do you do all that when I don't do that, or or like why do you pee in a bottle when I just pee out of my stand and I still see deer, and I'll see just as many deer, right? But how many monsters do you have on your wall, and why is it that you don't have those monsters on your wall? I don't know the answer. But it I, could I, be. My mentality is different, though. In the end, the monster on the wall is going to taste just as good as the, the dough in the freezer. But my but bow like is not for that. Too. My bow is is for the monsters. It's not for the taste yeah. in the freezer. Sure. And so that's yeah, it. So like, that's why I do know, all that is like because to, that monster. Give, yeah, and you give every opportunity to. That's why I, I go through the. the I know that you, you'll, which makes me laugh. You, you you go into the wood stove with the same clothes as you got on. As soon as I go into the camp. My clothes are, are off, and I got my camp clothes on, even if it's just for an hour. Then yeah. I'll come go back uh, into in my room, change into my camp or my hunting clothes, and you know it's just to give me that every opportunity that I can. Because if that big guy walks out and he's downwind of me, the chances of him smelling me with doing all that stuff are less than if it wasn't if I wasn't doing all that stuff. That's my mentality. Right. Yeah. And you know? here's, no, I agree. I I, yeah. I understand it. I guess I'm. I'm not that um, intense. Which is fine. Because let me tell you, I enjoyed bow hunting a lot more when I just started it 20 years ago. Sure. And I feel the same. Right. Because I I was going to shoot. And I'm I'm comfy. I'm happy. You know, and I'm not worried about, you know, all the things I got to bring with me. What did I forget? You know, put this $600 machine on a tree. You know, all all of these things. I don't worry about any of that stuff. I go out and I just, whatever happens, happens. And I'm, and it is more enjoyable. But if I did that bow hunting, my brain the whole time would be, I should have washed my clothes. I should have. So I built this. Exa- I got no options. I got to do it bow hunting now because I want the monster. And if I'm in the tree, I just feel disheveled if I haven't done all that because I think I'm wasting my time because I didn't do all that. So I, I'm at yeah. the point of no return. And Bill, you're probably there with me. You have I have no options but to do nope. it all now because that I've done the homework and everything like that to go monsters will detect you if you haven't done everything you can. And so if I'm in the tree waiting for the only time I'm going to get that monster is if it's rotten hard and he does not care because there's a doe walking right by me. That's massively in heat. 
then it, it's everything off. Like I've, I've driven up and, and had a, a doe in front of my truck on the road and I've got out of the car and a buck, we got her cornered and they just stand there and the buck's trying to get closer and does not care. I walk right up to the front of my truck. I am five feet from the doe and the buck and the doe don't even care. I'm there. She's just trying to get away from him and he's got her cornered against my truck. So when that, when they're that fired up, okay, you're good. And th- that's the only other option. So I don't want that mindset when I'm in the tree that, oh, I didn't do my clothes and, and it's anxiety. But back when I didn't even think about it, oh my gosh, it was more enjoyable. And so black powder for me, it's more enjoy. I still do all that scent stuff in black powder, but I know if I see a deer, I'm going to get to shoot a deer. I'm going to get to shoot a deer. It's a long touching getting away from the story. Your from- brother dragged <laughs> it on. Your brother egged me on. The other thing, if I can get a word in edgewise here, is that if you woke up, hey, I, welcome to the conversation. I shot a deer with my bow, and I don't bow hunt anymore because of the unavailability of tags. Like we did not get bow tags this year, and so we had one tag. So that was black powder, and they got filled. My son-in-law, he does never, even if he gets a bow tag, he doesn't hunt bow before black powder. Then, after we see the availability of tags, then he'll hunt bow. And, and for me, I haven't hunt bow forever because to me, when, the, when they cut back on the tags, they cut my bow out of the mix. Even in that nice, bow. beautiful uh, um, Taj Mahal structure you the, put the up the there. New Taj Mahal, yeah. <laughs> you, could, you can hunt out of that bow hunt. Oh, sure. I don't have a tag. Yeah. Like That's I, right. You guys are you're, yeah. you're done. Now, I got one left. I got a bow tag. Yeah. Todd. Todd was able to get one. I wasn't. Um, I think there was one other tag in our group that was able to get one, but nobody else was. So with that said, we we used, like the bow tags are left because they were not for for black powder. They were bow-only seasons. But there's there's a bunch of us that didn't get them, so our only opportunity was black powder. And to me, that's fun. But when they were given more tags, yeah, I was out once in a while hunting bow. Not as much as Todd, but I was out hunting. And I would have took a nice, a nice doe with my bow. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Dad, Dad would shoot anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you passed up on that doe. Yeah. Well, and, and again, we, I, we, you know, and at our camp, we kind of say, hey, you know, let's let's see how things work out. Everybody has, you know, own options. We we technically have group tags, and we all they're all available at any point in time. We all know that, um, you know. But we kind of said this year, let's. You know, we've all pretty much got doe tags this year, so we'd kind of hunt our own tag, make your own choice, and and see what happens from there. And I, I chose to to pass on that doe. She was eating the apples. You know, at, uh, I think it was about eighty-two yards. Roughly. And you let her eat um, the apples? That's worth getting really. shot for, right there. She's taken away from some big buck. But here's my 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 mindset: if she's there eating, maybe she draws something in, live decoy. You're right, and especially if she's you know? hot. Yeah, that's kind of my mentality. And we had seen a couple of, you know, scrapes um, just fresh, um, not that far from where I was hunting. So, you know, my, my mindset was, well, maybe there's something else around uh, and it's, you know, opening day. There, there's lots of week left and then I'm going to wait and see. So, you know, she, she hung around for a couple of minutes and then she left. And uh, if I remember correctly, our, our legal shoot time was roughly 20 after six. So I knew I had about an hour, hour and change left by the time she left. And, uh, and again, you know, funny enough with the cameras, 
I knew that the second appointment of deer was about quarter to six. And, uh, you know, I'd had multiple deer showing up throughout the week on multiple occasions in around 545. So when she left, you know, I, again, got to be about 540 and, you know, kind of goofing, said to myself, well, you know, next appointment's coming up. Be ready. And honest to goodness, within five minutes of that, it was or quarter to six and I had a buck walk out uh, out from the right coming off a property that uh, is not ours but you know crossed into our ours and walked right to the apples and I pulled the gun up and uh, had a look I thought it was the spiker and I saw a few more than than two so I kind of made the decision to well I'll, I'll see you know gauge the size and it was it was a, to me what I would deem to be an average sized deer Nothing monstrous, nothing too small, but kind of average. And, See, that's uh, where you and I differ. Every deer I shoot, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget rack, rack well, aside, the bodies. Man, oh, that was a giant doe. Giant sure, doe. Sure. <laughs> well, and, uh, and so I had the gun up and I, I put the gun down. I put the gun uh, I took it down. I kept kind of arguing with myself whether or not I was going to wait, you know, again, opening oh, day. Oh, hesitate too long, long, Jay. Hesitate too long. Right. That decision will be and, made for you. Yeah, well, it... Uh, it walked away to where I couldn't shoot anymore, but I could still see it. And I kind of said, you know what? If it comes back, I'm going to it. And instantly it turned around, walked broadside, <laughs> put its head down to eat an apple, walked right out. And I, I didn't hesitate. Just kabang. And, uh, and that deer, as Bill will tell you, and from all the years when I hunt, almost every deer I shoot runs a mile and goes down in the swamps. And doesn't matter how well I hit it. doesn't matter. You know, I, I'm pretty getting pretty notorious for, for, you know, shooting the heart out of the deers and they still seem to run longer and down in the swamp. Hit <laughs> a somersault, went 10 feet, dropped right where I could see. Oh, they uh, bucked down. Uh, I think I got a, do you need help? And then for the first time in a long time, good. It's here. <laughs> Before I could uh, could do anything, I was able to send them a photo because I, I didn't even have to drag it. We didn't have to do anything. It was, you know, it was, it was a very successful first hunt in a new territory. I was pretty excited about that. It was, we, we it was a five point. Um, again, not a not a was monster. It, deer. Was it or was it? It was five. <laughs> five and a bit. Five and a half. Five. five, and a half. five, five and a quarter, you guys always got to argue over points. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to get every point you can get out of these deer, and I and I, I called it five and a quarter because I could almost hang a keychain on it, so that counts as, a, See? as almost. And this is why we don't go by inches. Inches are so absolute, but when you go by yeah. points, you can have a good old fashioned argument and really get Absolutely. the blood flowing, and that's what we're all about: making sure you're Absolutely. still alive. That's the best part of it: is is fighting. Is that a point? Is that not a point? Is this one you know six points, and yours yeah. is only five this well, year? It's so. got to be an inch. No, no, no. We don't deal in nope. inches. That's, is that yeah. a point? <laughs> I <Yeah>. like it. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it, uh, it was pretty successful for me Monday night. I, you know, we, uh, went back and, and, uh, did what we, we would normally do with the deer, getting it all prepped and everything else. And okay. So hold you on. Know, was, so you drop this deer, somersaults drops on the spot yeah. and 10, 10 yards away, whatever. But Bill, when that shot went off, when that shot went off, Bill, were you thinking, oh, crap, that was my brother. We know we're going to have to go track this freaking thing for a mile. No, well, there, there was a little bit uh, uh, hesitation there or, or, but until when I heard the shot, uh, I thought, because there's a swamp right behind him. It, it, even in his new spot, I'm like, there's, there's no chance that that deer 
is not in the swamp. And when I heard buck down or read buck down on the, uh, on the messenger, I thought, perfect. And I started packing it right away. As soon as that shot, shot went off, it was close enough that, you know, I knew it was either Jay or TJ that, that were shooting and did. TJ wasn't, uh, given any indication there was bucks around him or, or deer around him. So for sure it was, uh, it was my brother. And yeah, there was, there was a little bit of a thought that, Oh, did it go in the swamp? But <laughs> sure enough, when that picture came in and it was laying right out in front of a stand that I thought bonus, no dragon necessary. I still, I'm going to get dirty anyways, because I don't mind helping get deer and stuff, but um, yeah, it, it was no tracking job needed. I'll tell you what, that's like dad. Dad hunts this new stand, and, and I mean, it's right, it's 50, 60 yards from his old stand, which is right above a ravine, which we call the hog's back. And it does, if dad pulls the trigger, we know it's ran down that hog's back, and it's honestly a hundred yards minimum straight down like you can't climb this thing without a rope this year my brother-in-law put a rope down it so that he could get out of it by by climbing up on the rope and i know every time i hear dad's gun go off i know i'm going down the bottom of this hog's back i gotta drag it and then we gotta get the four-wheeler and luckily now we have the four-wheeler like it'd be it'd be a full day to get a deer up that that ravine but now we got the four-wheeler throw the rope down and but you still got to get it to the bottom of the the very bottom of the ravine right where the four-wheeler rope can reach hooked onto the winch and then got to get it up that hill but uh, i'm dad's the same way same way okay so now you got it down you go grab it you got it in the field uh we don't got it right on the spot we tend to take it back to uh Back to a little area that we tend to gut our deer. Oh, just so Jay, move. you don't do the scent control and all that, but you won't gut a deer where it lies. It typically no, to be honest with you. We that's the one thing we used to gut it in the. In the we place. used to, yeah, we used to do that all the time, we but there, all there, the time. And, and I'm indifferent to it one way or the other, to be honest with you. But it's a little easier doing back at the camp when you can, you know, everybody there if they want to participate. We've got you know lights and and there's water source, water, yeah, all that stuff. You know, well, I mean, we we typically would do uh, do the deer in a spot close to the pond. We got a a pretty big just a beaver pond that, that that's there. And, uh, but this year, to tell a story a little bit diff- different, where <laughs> my my mom she was at camp for a lot of the week this week helping out with food and and, and do meal preps and stuff. Like we would bring up our own meals, but she would start them, um, uh, put them in the oven or whatever, get them started. So when, when the, the shot went off and, and, uh, my mom, she came out onto the, the, the patio in the sun porch there, uh, covered in porch and spooked a deer right in the spot where we would typically gut deer. Gut the deer. <laughs> yeah. It, it was probably, well, it was in the picture. You remember where my, my brother shot the turkey yeah. last year from the, from the video? It is jammy. Right there. Yeah. And his jammies right there is pr- pretty much where we where we got got the deer, and my dad was so so comf- confident that he was going to have himself a camp stand close enough to the outhouse, close enough to the camp, so he didn't <laughs> he didn't want us to uh, to necessarily gut the deer uh, right where where that deer was coming out of. So we picked the new spot this year so he could have his 
camp stand where he okay, wouldn't so have to go so far. I will say we got the deer typically on the spot. Now I'm more cautious because of two reasons. A coyote's coming to that gut pile and, and, and who cares? Okay. So a coyote comes and eats it through the night. My theory is that that coyote's going to come eat that. It's going to scare deer. It's going to chase them away at some point. The deer see the coyote, they're gone. So again, limits your ability to see them. But number two, I always thought, you know, that blood being around and this year proved it on opening day after I shot my buck and it ran and died and the, a doe came through after the, the next day, which we haven't got to Tuesday yet, but I'm going to spoiler alert. The next day, a doe comes walking through and right where that deer died. And then I dragged it down to the creek. So I had to drag it a good, I don't know, 80 yards down to the creek. The, that was, the, I, I took the deer run, my mistake, but I dragged that buck right down the deer run towards the creek. The doe came walking from the other way. As soon as it caught where that deer died, boom, it stopped. And it wasn't in range for me to shoot it yet. I could see it. And it just stopped dead. Boom. And stuck its nose way out. And it's, it could smell where that buck died. And it was sniffing. It turned around and jogged away on an angle kind of, and I, I did take a crack at it because why not? Uh, I've missed it. But but it turned around and jogged the other way. Just and well, you're I'm not the ammunition. Why not take a crack at yeah. it? <laughs> Bell, <laughs> we split on that. That's ammunition. the way the week went. <laughs> but yeah. but it did. It came down. Now was it my scent on my boots where I went and grabbed that buck and dragged it, or was it the buck's scent? Where tarsal glands maybe laying there from the blood, yeah, I the blood. I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but it did not like it. Too. I don't. I don't like the thought of, of putting a gut pile right where I'm going to hunt. I just don't. I mean, for you, for all those reasons why you said there. I mean, it's a little bit different for us being able to bring that deer back to the camp because we're not in a residential area where the neighbors are going to get upset with with us gutting a deer in our front yard. So I understand why you don't do it like that. But we oh, we've done it in my garage. I've done, Scotty's done that. We brought it home full, hung it, and then put a bucket under it. And that's how Scotty used to always do it. But I just really? find that's a lot of freaking. Now we're we're lifting two hundred plus two fifty pounds yeah, into the back no, of the no truck point. versus one hundred and fifty, one hundred and seventy five pounds back in the back of the truck. Right, we get rid of those guts. Yeah. They weigh a lot. Well, I mean, for us, we have uh, the Deer Uber service that comes out. <laughs> uh, Duber? That it comes, yeah, it's a good Duber. Yeah, Duber. That's, that's good. That's a good one, yeah. We, uh, I just came mom, up with that. I've, I've coined it and trademarked it. If uh, the Alliance wants to use it, well, we'll talk royalties, but carry on. All right. Good deal. We'll get merchandise. Uh, so the, the, the Duber the, it came out. <laughs> my, my mom's on the back. My dad <laughs> is on the front of the ATV and with the deer cart. And, uh, you know, we all go out there and the pictures my mom took, uh, I would have thought that deer was shot at noon. You know, they, they turned out really nice uh, with the lighting on her camera and stuff. Oh, no but, doubt. Grabbed yeah, a lot of, it opened up shutter and grabbed a lot of light and right on. Yeah, she did whatever. And we were able to put that deer in the in the trailer and take it back to the, the camp. And, you know, like Jay said, get changed and get, get cleaned and. And hang it up and, and enjoy a drink and a celebration right there. So, right on. So it was a successful Monday. It was a very successful Monday. We uh, we were all pretty excited, and I think all of our deer Monday, except for Dad, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember if he saw one or not, but I know TJ had that uh, that big boy first thing in the morning, uh, right at before legal shoot that he was watching there, but. Yeah, that, that was a little bit of a tragedy right there. He was 
you know, I, I had a, a situation on Sunday where I told told the story about the Tink 69 and the drag line. Uh, I told that around the dinner table on, uh, uh, or the breakfast table, it doesn't matter, uh, before the, the, yeah, I guess it was the dinner table at night because what happened was he, he took my lead and on Monday morning going into his, his spot, he had one of those Tink 69 spray cans, which was like an aerosol-based uh, um, aerosol based thing. When you just let and it go, right? Sprayed, like a buck bomb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he sprayed it, walked, sprayed it, walked, sprayed it, walked. And he, he got up into a stand like we all do um, for, for opening day, uh, like an hour before legal shooting time. And he was in the stand and he had, um, you know, apples out in, in front of the stand. And this, again, this is a significant time before legal shooting time. He's like, Oh, let me pick up my binoculars and just see if, and this is t- like five minutes after he gets in the stand. Let me pick up my binoculars and see if those apples I put out yesterday were, were gone. And he's scanning, trying to look, trying to look for the, and all of a sudden he says, holy smokes, that's a deer. And that deer was the biggest eight point that we saw all week. And it was 45 minutes or whatever it was at this point in time before legal shooting time. And he couldn't do a thing about it. All he could do was look at it in the binos, check his watch, look at his binos, no check his doubt. watch. Doesn't that and suck? And there was nothing he could do. And that buck was so smart that it it was a good half an hour before uh, legal shooting time. And it just walked away. It just walked <laughs> away. It was gone. He couldn't see it. He, he, he was able to see it good enough through the binos that he, he knew it was a buck. He looked at the rack. He watched you eat his apples because the binos he has are, are pretty good. They're able to gather light and stuff. And, and you know, everybody uh, knows that uh, when you can see them through the binos, uh, you can't necessarily see, see them with your, your naked eye yeah. at that oh, time yeah. of day. And, Scopes and, uh, that pick up light for had, sure. He, yeah, he just had to let it walk away. See, and that's, <laughs> so, that's funny. The biggest deer we saw, the biggest buck we saw, we were driving in down the road and we were right parallel to my stand. In fact, if I was going to hunt my stand by myself, it's where I would have parked. There's a little roadway into the cornfield and this buck standing on the roadway of the cornfield right there at five in the morning. Was it five in the morning? Six in the morning. I guess it, it was legal shooting was seven thirty, So it would have been six in the morning. We drove by and I said, there was a buck and dad driving. He didn't see it. I said, there's a buck standing right there. And Michael goes, I seen it. Michael's in the back seat. I said to dad, stop. So dad stopped. Why? And I said, because you got to scare it. It's going to cross the road. You need to put it back towards my stand. Back up. <laughs> yeah. So here's dad throwing it in reverse, backing up to chase it back to our side of the road. Keep it on our side. So it didn't cross the road and go the other way because that's where it was headed. So but never seen it again. But yeah, that was an eight point. That was the yeah. biggest one we saw, and it was at six in the morning, hour Not, and a half before legal. Yeah. Nocturnal, heading to its bed. Yeah, and that's pretty much what uh, we were thinking too. I mean, it was out for a little snack before, and we were trying to find you know cutoff points. And and actually, I, the, the the sad the sad part about that deer is it was in Candace's corners. So Candace's corners is was a spot where my wife shot her first deer and we, we dubbed it Candace's Corners. Uh, it's a block of pines, which is similar to what Jay, Jay hunted uh, up till this year um, uh, in the property behind us where we had lost permission to hunt. And I know for sure that that deer uh, was going kitty corner to where TJ's stand was, had the apples and was going back into Candace's Corners somehow, some way. 
And if it was going to a, on an angle, and, and there's a, a million what if scenarios, but TJ's stand last last year was in Candace's corners, and that deer would have probably been there closer to legal shooting time than it was when when he was looking at it to the binos, but. It just stepped onto the property we couldn't hunt and out of respect for everybody involved. I mean, we're not going chasing and, and somewhere where we can't be and just had to let it go. I don't know about deer hunting, but I, I, I've said it enough on the podcast, but hey, it, it, a gobble's worth a trespassing charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave that with you. I got bail money in my sock. I'll, I'll bail you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we both yeah. had pretty good Mondays then, Jay. I don't know about the rest of these guys, but but you and I can, yeah. We well, we, we made it happen, right? That's that's what it's all about. I agree. Totally agree. <laughs> I took way too many shots than I needed to to get one deer, but it, I've still got a deer. I was happy with it. doesn't that. surprise me. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I just don't hesitate anymore. I've just had enough. I, I think, I have, yeah, I've gotten better over the years. I, I only had to take one shot this year, but. I think last week you guys were talking about running out of ammo, and I know for a fact it was one year that I did run out of ammo. Did you really? You've ran yeah. out of ammo? Well, sure you did. 100%. So, I'll be honest. I only brought nine. What's it? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Jay. We lost you there, buddy. Jay, you, good? you get me again? Yep, you're good now. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I was just saying that uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I'd only brought nine shells. That's all that was left in my box, and I thought, well, I'm never going to take nine shots. You know, you know, we only got one tag. Two or three. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, I, I only usually take two or three at the beginning of the week, like Bill said, to sight the gun and take the oils out. And uh, so I thought, okay, I'll still have six left over. And sure enough, I had deer just running around me. And if you've never <laughs> shot at a running deer before, I find that's the absolute hardest shot to ever take. And I shoot a semi and I just, I was emptying clips. And, <laughs> and, I had to actually go get another box of shells that year. It was a very frustrating year. It got to the point where I had to go back to the, the shooting range and see if it was the gun. And I found out, no, it was just me. I, I was just, yeah. It was 100%, and, and that was the funny, funniest part about that was I was sitting in a spot pretty close to him and I hear boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, what are you shooting at? Oh, nothing. I missed. And then he says, he says he's like, I've got two more shells. If I miss, I'm, I'm I'm done hunting. And sure enough, like 45 minutes later, boom, boom. They were just running all around me. And I've never had that happen before. And I, I never mean, never touched a hair on any of them. Not, not a thing. I was shooting trees and leaves and pretty much everything but the deer that were running. That's awesome. See, this year, <laughs> I, I don't think we've ever worried about ammo before. This year was the only year, and and we had lots of bullets, lots of powder, and and, and we got it. Uh, we got good deals on such. But the thing was, I quit reloading shotgun shells for for trap sporting clays and that because it's just doesn't make any sense anymore. You might as well just no, buy flats, right? So primers. And before I put all my reloading stuff away, I thought I'm going to load up everything 
in into shells so that it's done and I'm not putting away powder and I'm not putting like that. That's money. I'm not putting away shot. I'm not putting away primers. I'm using it all as many shells as I can make. And then I'm only putting away my actual reloading equipment, right? No supplies. So I reloaded everything. Well, now it comes time that, okay, we went and, and a local store, unfortunately went out of business through the, through the COVID times here. And a, and a buddy of mine is selling all the stuff for them just at cost so they can get their, their inventory money back. So we went and bought a whole whack load of bullets and got everything for, for that. So we had lots of powder, had lots of bullets, didn't, but, but 209 primers normally don't even think about it because when you're no, a reloader you're from trapping that you buy them by the thousands. Yep, I buy them a thousand at a time. Yeah, thirty-three bucks for a thousand. You don't even think about it. And I got you always got them, right? You got sleeves. You got thousand. You got ten sleeves, a thousand. Like because there's a hundred in a in a sleeve. Yeah, I don't even think about it. Well, this year we go out and sight it in, and we all heard the story how many times I had to sight it in. Blah blah blah. So we gone through primers. Well, now it comes to opening. We and I'm like, oh crap. We got enough. Like, have we got enough primers? And and I can you, Jay? After day one. I was scrambling through the house to get primers. And, and, and so dad's like, well, I still got like 20 of them. Well, give me 10. Cause after day one, I'm going to maybe need that. So we, I was worried. And now you were you needed another, you needed to take half your dad's supply because you were worried. I see deer. Running when, out of primers. No. I see deer. And if I see deer, I shoot at deer 150. That's give it a go. There was a key word there. <laughs> he was scrounging through the house. There's never any one place where you'll find primers. <laughs> primers are little. I, I knew right where to go for my primers and knew right I, I where to I know exactly where my primers are. Exactly. Well, he's looking in drawers. He's okay, looking in little, but I've dropped, little containers. So if you've ever the, reloaded, you've probably dropped primers on the floor around your reloading bench or whatever. And you try to pick as many pick of them up. up as you can, but maybe you lose <laughs> some. So I'm I maybe moving a giant TV in my basement, slides over a primer and gives you a freaking heart attack, right? When that thing goes off because the TV stand <laughs> popped it. So, holy jeez, what was that? And, oh, it was a primer. got underneath the, the, the cabinet as I was sliding it. So there could be some laying down around there. So I, you're, and, you're unbelievable. Where was you're it? Um, so you're going underneath cabinets. I'm scrounging. I got more to this story, but dad's tapping me. Yes, this is a loose change here. Oh, it is. <laughs> I want you to tell us where you found, where you went to look for the, for the last group of primers you found just this week. Just last. this week. So that was where I was going. So now it's time for the second week the second controlled hunt in our area, right? Which, so, which is like the car is closed. That we can only hunt one of the weeks, and that wasn't explained last time. We can only pick one of the three weeks in this area, so you can hunt more than one week. We picked the first one. It closes a week of bow. Now the second week is open. So that's right now the second week. So Jen's cousin happens to message me last week, and he's like, "Hey, Todd." I've gone to every store that I possibly can everywhere and I can't find primers. You don't happen to have any primers, do you? Said, you know what? Normally I got thousands, but I was worried last week for my week of deer. (laughs) I said, you know what though? Give me a minute. I'm going to go scrounge through the house. So I went down and I actually happened to find it sitting right beside you, dad, because I, I kept, I kept 20, but I happened to find a canister with or 10, I think a, a canister, like a little film container with 20 primers in it. Where was it? It was downstairs by the ping pong table. Where you, where you reload. Yeah. Yeah. 
So when he says scrounge, you never know where you're going to find them or what they're going to be yeah. in. Anyway. They're not in a primer box. They're in a little film canister container. Because it was all I had left. Of, and I they knew must I have been I had sitting some. there for years. Possibly, because I think some are CCIs. They're a really different color. <laughs> but yeah, they still they haven't made bang. 35 millimeter film in forever. So that tells me a long story, too. <laughs> so. his, his easy way of looking is, Dad, you got primers? Yeah, I got 20. Good. Give me 10. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> because he probably got those he 20 in your area he probably got the yeah. 20 from me originally so anyway oh, i was able yeah. to scrounge and i said dave it, uh, i think i gave him i think i gave him 20 and i said i kept some for myself just in case next year <laughs> we're into issues i still got another year i can hunt i said but if you need them before the week's over if you need more than 20 i mean it's i got i got no words but i mean hey it could happen <laughs> so and he said no I'll dude i some. appreciate it so he actually <laughs> left me uh, a tim hortons gift card a 10 dollar tim hortons gift card for them in the mailbox and i'm like dude you realize that like i gave you 20 i gave you like 60 cents like, come on. Uh, but he's like, Todd, these are gold right now. You can't find them anywhere. I'm just appreciative you gave them to me. Listen, listen to this, Bill and Jay. That's them. You hear that? That's primers. It's, it's a little plastic container. And, yep, it's got gold and silver primers in it. All different ones. And it's sitting right here next to his laptop on the right with his four computer screens all strung out. And I will say probably next nope. November it will still be sitting I know there. where it is. Unless it's <laughs> yeah. got knocked on the floor and now it's under the TV or something. I know where it is, but but I, they're all in there because they're probably. You're going to have to go back to this podcast and listen to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> where they are. Somebody remind me that yeah. next, next yeah. year, Controlled Hunt. But so they're all, see, that that just proved it. They're all different colors. So that's why I wouldn't use them in trap because I didn't know, okay, what primer is that? I don't want to put it in this load without knowing, is it a Winchester? Is it a C? CCI is it a federal so but who and two when you're talking black the powder first who cares time this year I had a primer in after I fired that I could not get out I was usually yeah. just my fingernails and I pry it out if it stepped a little bit but this one would not oh it was out. insane I was there I was trying to get it out couldn't get it out I have my knife and I curved the edges all up all the way around and I'm wiggling and yeah jiggling. the primer lip bent all up like a flower. That it it was stuck in, in there that far out. that those lip, that lip bent and up. I, I got that up and I got it. It started to come out by a look of it. And I thought I'm going to have to drive home and get a pair of pliers to stick on and pull this out. But in the course of talking over the phone with other people and not wanting to mess up the, like texting other people and not wanting to mess up the area, I kept working at it with my knife and I finally got it. So it moved up a little bit and got it out. But it took me over 20 minutes. And I've never had that happen before, ever. So I don't know whether it was one of the old CCI primers or what. I don't know. Well, I think we finally got through Monday. That's 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 Monday. Wow, we've got lots of material. We're gonna be rocking and rolling through to the new year. Oh yeah, yeah. We got another couple of podcasts worth of uh, material here, but yeah. And I I got some wild. Uh, I got some wild Todd stories for you on Tuesday. What do you got wild Todd stories oh, for you? You let, you let me tell them. Good grief. Just because I like Tuesday. to pull the trigger. Tuesday, did I sit in your stand, Jay? <laughs> I was just going to say, was it Tuesday that uh, that you had to do Tuesday something a little bit? 
Yeah, it was a day. I don't know. It was Tuesday. I think, Wednesday. I think we'll, it was Wednesday. Oh, I, think it was Wednesday. I can go back in my text messages yeah. and tell you. I think it was Wednesday too. I, wrote, I think it was yeah. Wednesday. I wrote my stuff down to keep the day straight, and I got it straight, and I keep it in my wallet. Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to get to that in another podcast. There, but yeah. Well, right on. Good chat. Yeah, appreciate you coming oh. on, Jay. Thanks for having me as always. I appreciate it. It's fun uh, telling stories and talking to you guys like usual. It's great. Agreed. Ditto. The feeling's Thanks, mutual. Jay. Be in touch. Thanks, Don. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to take off. Thanks yeah, again. Thanks, take care. Bill. Take care, Bill. Take care, Jay. Talk to you. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd, and thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>